Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to a very special Christmas and holiday season TFL Talking Trucks podcast. That's right, my friends. We're doing something very special this year. We're not only talking smack, but we're talking nice about (laughs) engines. Yes. On this episode of this podcast, we're going to be talking about the most overhyped and also the most underappreciated, basically the best and the worst, pickup truck engines. Correct, Amundo. Now, bear in mind, there are no bad pickup truck engines, but there are some that may not be as good as others. And in some cases, there are some that are worshipped where we don't really think the worship is deserved. And vice versa, right? That is correct. Some engines that are kind of in the shadows, Mm -hmm. but they should come out and play. That's right. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about those engines. We're going to talk about their EPA numbers. We're going to talk about a few other things. But before we do that, Andre, we need a special holiday thank you to our Patreons. Yes, uh, you guys continue to support us. We get your support every single week um, and almost every day. Mm-hmm. And recently, uh, we had a couple of you support us on patreon.com slash TFLcar, which is our only Patreon page, which is actually where you can support, donate to us, uh, support this podcast, support TFL in general, but also we can communicate there. You can send us questions, messages. Uh, we will answer you very promptly. That is correct. That's kind of like the uh, membership has its privileges type mentality. So, oh, oh, yes. Yeah. But and without your support, we couldn't do what we do. Right. And Casey Harper and James Bentley very recently, within the last three days, supported us with huge donations. Oh, wonderful. Thank so you. So thank you very much. We truly appreciate that. All right, Andre, should we get on with it? Yeah. So h- how do we do this? You know, how do we order this engine podcast? I think what we do is we base it on sort of the sales size of the automaker. So in other words, the very top of the heap we know is Ford pretty much, but at the very bottom, it would technically be Hyundai because this is their first year for building what we consider to be a pickup or a truck or both. Yes, so the Hyundai Santa Cruz you're referring to. Mm -hmm. And once again, we're focusing on pickups. Uh, We're gonna talk about compacts, midsize, full-size, but not heavy-duty trucks. Uh, we haven't tested uh, almost any heavy-duty truck this uh, year in 2021 because yeah. they were not new. That's correct. And also there were shortages and we didn't have our hands on uh, many trucks. But the ones we did get to test are the ones we're going to be talking about for the most part in this podcast. And that does start off with two different powertrains for the Hyundai Santa Cruz. Yes, and they are the 2.5-liter non-turbo mm-hmm. four-cylinder gas engine and a 2.5-liter turbocharged one. They're very different, but they're also mainly shared with their other vehicles in their lineup for Hyundai, right? Right. The Tucson and Santa Fe and some others, actually. Yeah. Now, what's interesting about these two powertrains is the fact that, A, they are available with front-wheel drive, and B, you can get the automatic eight-speed transmission, the one that we kind of prefer. Uh, it seems to be a much more solid choice, but you can only get that with the normally or naturally aspirated 2.5 liter engine. Whereas 
you have to get the dual clutch eight speed with the 2.5 turbo. Now, gas mileage, this is best case scenario of all of these, so that's two wheel drive in many cases. Um, MPG for the 2.5 i4 non-turbo is 23 miles per gallon combined, and the 2.5 turbo is 22 miles per gallon combined. And actually, we had, you and I, had the most experience with the turbocharged engine, right? That's correct. So we had um, actually a limited, fully optioned Santa Cruz, what, a couple of months ago, and then also a couple of weeks ago as That's well. That's right, and we managed to go off-road with them more than once. We managed to tow with them. We managed to do an awful lot of stuff with that vehicle. By the way, that vehicle is quite smooth, but what I wanted to point to amongst these two powertrains is that it's entirely possible that the less powerful powertrain might be the right one for you because it comes with that smooth eight-speed regular automatic transmission. And if you were to take that off-road, if you really wanted to go off-road, we feel it would do a little bit better than the dual clutch. Yeah, and here's what the dual clutch, I mean, technology came from really sports cars, right? That's correct. Um, and, you know, Porsche has their version of it. Many others do too. Oh, yeah. Um, it's basically, um, there's a gear and there's another gear waiting to be, you know, changed into. So it's a very fast shifting transmission. Yeah, and fewer it, moving parts than a regular automatic. Yeah, but it can be a little finicky, right? <laughs> because it, you may need to actually have some skill to launch mm -hmm. uh, this transmission or get going off the line. That's right. If you wanted to do it very fast. Mm -hmm. um, and also, um, it's not great for off-roading because those clutches seem to overheat once in a while. We've had, and it's not just Hyundai, it's actually several different companies that have offered dual clutch transmissions for some somewhat off-roady vehicles have all had similar issues. That's including vehicles that have continuously variable transmissions. Now, during this podcast, we're not going to be talking about that, and really not even talking about transmissions per se, but I wanted to say that the one that's overshadowed uh, with the Hyundai powertrains is definitely the naturally or non-turbo uh, yeah. engine, and that may be the one you might want to look at. Yes, it's not as powerful, but it's going to be less expensive, and also... You don't need to put any special fuel in it. It could just run on regular fuel. And, and get more economical, knowledge. yes. That's exactly it. Exactly. So uh, I would agree with you. Totally underappreciated engine is a 2.5 liter non-turbo here. Mm -hmm. uh, the 2.5 liter is kind of in the limelight. Yeah, um, and it's, it's fast. And it's very fast if you know exactly how to launch it, and Bingo. we've showed that. We've showed that <laughs> yes. on TFL truck with a drag race. Let's move on to the next one. Right, which uh, is really simple because it's the Honda Ridgeline. Now, Honda Ridgeline has been selling very well and very steady for Honda. We think it's a great little truck, but it's a bit of a compromise for some people. Uh, only comes with one powertrain, and that is the 3.5 liter V6. Um, in its most economical build, it gets 21 miles per gallon combined. Now, we've taken it on the highway several times. We managed to get some pretty good mileage out of it, and it's a smooth powertrain. It's a very smooth truck, it's a very comfortable truck, but because the fact that it's not, you know, a body-on-frame, full-blown truck, many of you don't consider it one, and on top of that, it tows maximum 5,000 pounds, which some people think might be on the low side. Yeah, totally, but here's the thing. So, once again, 3.5-liter V6, uh, by the way, non-turbo. Non-turbo. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, naturally aspirated one. Uh, they use it in many other vehicles as well. Yeah, the pilot, the, the, the pilot. passport. Yeah. And every time I get into the Ridgeline, and we had one recently mm -hmm. on the iGauntlet. Yeah, the HPD version. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it's always just, just it does the work. It right. doesn't complain. It's pretty powerful. You do have to rev it out. 
uh, quite high. So the RPM come up, especially on the iGauntlet towing a trailer. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, but uh, a lot of you fans and enthusiasts also uh, know about VTEC, mm -hmm. which is their valve train technology, which kind of adjusts at higher RPM and VTEC kicks in. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> right? Was, yeah. Is that the worst rendition of that? That was the, it was a really good okay. rendition of okay. that. Okay. That was so he's he's quoting a video that we did with all three uh, small or body uh, non-body on frame pickups that we recently did on the Ike Gauntlet and we used the Honda Ridgeline as the uh, measuring stick so to speak for these other two vehicles. So, yeah, it um I think that it revs great. I think it drives great. It's a really, really good compromise. And I think that most people who are looking at a mid-sized truck really should look at this because an awful lot of them don't need the capacity of a regular mid-sized truck. Yeah, and 21 MPG is very close to where the Hyundai Santa Cruz was, actually. In exactly, which is a smaller vehicle. Uh, yeah, and uh, by the way... Um, uh, this has also made it to a nine-speed automatic, so yep. so it's a it's great a, powertrain. It's a push button, and some people don't like that automatic, to be honest with you. There's, they complain, but I think it's great. Yeah, the controls are a little maybe hard to get used mm -hmm. to, but in general, um, it, it's it's a it's a great uh, it's a great vehicle, and I think I I don't know if it's underappreciated or overhyped. I think no I no think no, it's, it's not overhyped. I think it's underappreciated. Yeah, I think it needs to be appreciated more. Yeah, I really do. I. You know, if cross shop it for those of you who guys are out there and you're looking at and you know there's plenty of other good vehicles Toyota's and Nissan's what have you but I would highly recommend for those of you who really don't need to tow a heavy heavy load or you know whatnot or go off road like hardcore this is a really good compromise so let's move on from there and the next one is the Jeep Gladiator and yes that is a pickup it is indeed in fact it actually has some components from the Ram which a lot of people don't know about in terms of its uh, rear end. Uh, Jeep Gladiator comes in two different flavors. It comes with the 3-liter V6 turbo diesel, and it also comes with the 3.6-liter V6, which is the Pentastar. And you're going to hear the Pentastar a few times in this. So um, they only come in four-wheel drive, but it's just a variety of different types of transmissions that you get, at least with the uh, regular V6. The diesel, you can only get the 8-speed automatic transmission. Okay, with that being said, the diesel gets 24 miles per gallon combined, and the V6, maximum 19 miles per gallon combined. Uh, once again, these are um, from the EPA Gov uh, site, so this is official, it's not our call. <laughs> yeah, and we've tested them on our MPG loops, mm -hmm. uh, most of these combinations we, yeah. have, we have tested. Um, and obviously, the highway number would be a little bit higher. A lot higher. In some uh, cases. And the city is often lower because mm. um, none of these so far are hybrids. Right. Uh, hybrids excel at, um, you know, city driving. Regenerative braking helps. Um, yeah, diesels and regular gas engines don't excel at that. <laughs> Correct, Amundo. Yeah. Now, uh, just a real quick thing about the Gladiator. One of my favorite pickups because I like to go off road, and right out of the box, you can do some really good off roading, and then you beef it up a little bit, you can do monster off-roading. Uh, that is a vehicle that is available, and it's one of the few on this list that is available with a manual transmission. You can get the 3.6 liter V6 with the six-speed manual transmission, one of my favorite setups for it. And you can go all the way from the base model all the way up to the Rubicon and then some with that manual transmission option. But bear in mind that 3.6 liter V6 is a little bit on the old side. The Pentastar is now kind of showing, well, not kind of, it's been showing its age yeah. for a while. It's not the most advanced engine out there, let me put it to you that way. But uh, I hear a lot of comments, um, sometimes, you know, on social media on our channels mm -hmm. and um, our websites, where 
people say, oh, it's a Pentastar, it's a 3.6, you know, it must be in the shop all the time. No, that's not no, the, no. That's not the case. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, fairly reliable, actually. And I think it comes from the, its, its design and its age, actually. Yeah. Because it was designed a long time ago. A lot of the bugs have been worked out years ago. Right. Um, so, and it's actually relatively powerful. It revs high. It's, it's, it's a high revving engine. It doesn't like, but it's just unhappy when it revs high. Well, you know what I mean? where the Honda engine kind of likes, it sounds decent mm -hmm. at higher RPM, the Pentastar says, no, don't rev me quite so high. It's definitely kind of whining. I don't want to be doing this right now. But, but it's a little bit underappreciated, I think, still. It is. And there's a lot of mods available because, God forbid, it be a Jeep product and not have mods available for it. So I've heard of guys supercharging them and turbocharging them. Exhaust systems. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's a lot available for it. We think that the Pentastar is one of those that I think gets negative press for no good reason. It's actually a relatively reliable engine, but in my mind, it's it's underappreciated, but at the same time, I don't think you could ever overhype such an old engine. Yeah, and also, um, I kind of it kind of fits the Wrangler and the Gladiator in this case. Mm -hmm. uh, for the size and the weight, I think it, it's a decent package. It's a decent package. The, two, the, the, the turbo that they have available for the Wrangler, which is not available for the uh, Gladiator, by the way, um, that should have been the replacement for it, but it's proven not to be so great so far. Hopefully, it'll be better later. One final thing, on, in my mind, the 3.0-liter uh, V6 turbo diesel is a little overhyped. I'm not a huge fan of that powertrain anymore. So originally, when it came out, obviously, everybody was excited. Yes. I think you and I, it's fair to say, were excited. Extremely. Because it's huge torque, right? Yeah. And also driving range, where it's strong suits. Mm -hmm. uh, efficiency, long driving range for overlanding and off-roading. Um, but it's just a little heavy. It's the a lot itself, heavy. So yeah. it subtracts from your payload. So while the engine is Entering. decent... Well, the engine is decent. I think it accelerates pretty well. It's okay. Uh, it's relatively efficient yeah. um, for what it is. Uh, monstrous torque, so you can actually pull a trailer with confidence. But your payload goes down. And also, you're not towing anymore with it. Right. It the, doesn't the tow give you numbers do not increase right. with it, which drives right. me crazy. I mean, the point... One of the issues I have with that engine, honestly, is its price. I mean, it's heavy, too, yeah. And it's, ex it's extremely it's, expensive. I mean, guys, go on the configurator. You'll see thousands of dollars to step up in order to get that diesel. So that's my big issue with it, and that's why I think it's a little overhyped. Yes. So let's move on to the next. Uh, and by the way, by, at the end of this episode, I, I think you and I need to pick our favorite engine of the year. That or good. the favorite powertrain yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. that we have. And we have tested. Yes, indeed. Um, so let's go to Nissan. Uh, and once again, we're going in terms of overall kind of popularity and sales mm -hmm. sales figures. Oh, and one final thing I want to note. I don't know if I did this at the beginning. These are essentially 2021 and 2022 to a lesser degree because in some cases they're carryover. In many cases they are. And in some cases they're still selling 2021 models into 2022 and so these are still on the epa website so that's why they're mentioned uh, and we'll get to that in a minute uh, there's a specific engine i'm talking about totally so let's talk about the frontier first indeed so this is a brand new powertrain from last year um and that is a 3.8 liter v6 now this is a new engine um they didn't build it for anything else even though it's the same displacement as the one that's inside the um Whatchamacallit, the GTR, it's, it, it's not related at all. No. no. And I asked. Yeah. They said no. <laughs> yeah, they, I think they laughed at you too, right? Um, but it is, we've driven it several times. It is a sharp powertrain, and it only comes with a nine speed automatic transmission. 
uh, EPA numbers on this one. Um, in its easiest, you know, two-wheel drive configuration is 20 miles per gallon combined. Yeah, and we actually did recently an MPG loop, mm -hmm. and this was within the last couple months, and uh, it actually surprised me, pleasantly surprised with its efficiency. We do uh, this 50 to 52 mile loop right. here, partially in the city and also on the highways, um, and it did return up to 22 MPG. Mm -hmm. So even though the EPA may rate it at 20, in the real world, you can actually get slightly better numbers, which is good. Yeah, and in your loop, it is a mixture of uh, city stop and go and also yeah. highway driving. Um, I I like it because I think it's a really smooth powertrain, uh, pretty quick off the line, even up here in Colorado. Granted, it's not as fast as any of the other trucks we've put it up against so far, um, but the overall impression I get from the powertrain is that it's super smooth, and it's kind of underappreciated because. A lot of people aren't really talking about it. And what also surprises me is that Nissan's only using it with their Frontier. Normally you see powertrains move on to other vehicles. I haven't seen this powertrain in any other vehicle yet. And I think the intention, at least the original intention, was to have this engine in multiple vehicles. That's what I thought, too. And, uh, of course, uh, Nissan was struggling with their van lineup, mm -hmm. and they've discontinued a lot of their vans in the United I'm States. Bet, I bet this was initially developed for that as well. Uh, uh, and then the Titan, of course. Uh, I, I, I would expect this V6 maybe be a base motor in the Titan. It has enough power uh, to let, move a Titan Let's hope well. maybe this will come. Yeah. Um, but I... I I agree with you. It's underappreciated in the frontier. Mm -hmm. uh, you should try try it. It's not going to blow away, you know, at the stoplight, uh, many other trucks. But I think it's solid and it tows really great as well. It tows. It's just a really good. I, I call the Nissan Frontier a great all-arounder, and I stick by that. It really is a very good truck. Not the best, but very very good. But speaking of another really good all-arounder is its big brother, the Nissan Titan, which only comes with one powertrain, even if you get the um, XD. And that's the 5.6 liter V8, which we adore. We love that powertrain. It's solid all the way around, relatively efficient, and it sounds amazing. Now, in this setup with two-wheel drive, maximum MPG is 18, which is okay. Yes, uh, it's, I agree with you. It's just average mm -hmm. uh, overall efficiency. It's a great sounding engine. Mm -hmm. uh, still, it, it doesn't have fancy exhaust system, but it still sounds great. It does. Uh, and... Uh, Lots of power, 400 horsepower, mm -hmm. and this is uh, out of the gates. Uh, you do have to, for the 400 rating, you do have to use premium fuel. And there are many other engines that require premium yeah, fuel. Yeah, but you can too. run them on uh, more basic fuels. Like yeah, and it'll run just fine on it. Yeah, and honestly, it's really hard to tell the big difference when you're not towing. But the thing about this powertrain is that it's only coming with the 9-speed automatic transmission, just like its little brother. Um, it's a much, we think it's a great improvement over the seven speed that used to be in it. It doesn't hunt for gears as often, uh, closer ratios, everything just is smoother. And another unappreciated engine in my book. I, I would agree. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also getting a little bit longer in the tooth. I know it's been around, it, also in the Armada mm -hmm. versions of it, also the QX80 uh, Infinity. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit longer in the tooth. I think it's a traditional engine. But I think where everybody else is going, uh, people are adding, you know, either smaller displacements or more turbocharging. A or lot more turbocharging. So, so it's a traditional engine, but it needs some pizzazz. It needs something else. Well, you know what it needs? It, it needs to be more efficient. Um, yeah, it does. It, it really Maybe does. Maybe cylinder deactivation. Right, right. Maybe something. some other technology. And we're saying it's so simple, like, oh, yeah, they should oh, yeah. do that. And, and you know, it costs <laughs> billions to make these things happen. But at the end of the day, unfortunately, we, we've been hearing a lot of rumors that Nissan may be thinking about uh, discontinuing 
the Titan, um, we think that they should seriously discount the vehicle because it deserves to be a discounted vehicle. Bottom line. Um, but I don't want to wax on too much about it. It's, it's, it's a solid truck, and it's got a solid powertrain, and I think it's underappreciated, and so does Andre. Yes. So let, let's move on to Toyota. Mm -hmm. um, let's start with the Tacoma, shall we? Oh, you, okay. Oh, I was doing oh, sales numbers. That's why oh, I have it this you're, way. You're, so for every uh, Tacoma, so for every Tundra Toyota sells, mm -hmm. they usually sell two Tacomas. Exactly. So that's let's why start I with the, the Tundra, especially the new one. Exactto Yes, um, it, because we have a lot of experience with the new one. It's so. Here's the thing: um, when it came out initially. Everybody started saying three and a half liter uh, twin turbo V6 mm -hmm. because that's kind of the rounding number of the of the displacement of it. Right. Right. Uh, then the EPA also rates it at uh, 3.4 liters. Right. And I believe the exact number is something like uh, 3,425 uh, cubic, you know, cc's. Mm -hmm. um, so but it's a brand new engine. It's also a version of it is available in the Lexus LS. Mm -hmm. um, and now it's going to be available in, of course, the Tundra overseas on the new Land Cruiser and also in the United States in the upcoming Lexus LX. Correct. And we are not talking about the hybrid because they haven't come out with official numbers on it. And we've only had one crack at that one in terms of driving it at a press event. Kind of a limited uh, exposure. Right. And so yeah. that's not going to be available until later on this year. What are they talking about? Second quarter now? Yeah. So this um, will be available March to April. So technically into the second quarter mm -hmm. of 2022. Right. So, so yeah, let's, let's focus on the non-hybrid version of this engine uh, for the Tundra. Uh, twin turbos, uh, lots of power, 389 horsepower. Right. Lots of torque, 479 pound-feet of it, and a 10-speed automatic. Right. Is matched to it. Yeah, and so that's taking a page out of Ford's book, and we all know that. Uh, but what that does do is it gives you a heavy-duty truck in a non-heavy-duty package. I mean, the thing, the numbers are very impressive. We've already towed with it. We've done a lot of cross-country driving with it, whether we liked it or not. We being Andre, um, and. The uh, gas mileage, uh, now bear in mind that I wasn't 100% sure, so I want to verify this with you, but is uh, 20 miles per gallon combined. That's a two-wheel drive base model. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, for example, for the base model, uh, it's about 18 city, 24 highway. Mm -hmm. It averages out on the EPA cycle to about 20 mpg. Okay. Um, if you go with a four-wheel drive truck, for example, like our long-term tester, we have a Tundra Limited mm -hmm. model, which is kind of their mid-grade. Right. Um, that's 19 combined. That makes sense. So, now, yeah. I, I want to mention this to, to the listeners and viewers. Uh, we know that we're, we're, uh, the numbers that we're putting out here are all for two-wheel drive vehicles when those numbers are available. In some cases, vehicles don't come with two-wheel drive. Uh, the Ridgeline is a really good example, and so is the TRX later on. So uh, we are trying to do, give the benefit of the doubt to the best version of those vehicles in terms of EPA numbers. So I just wanted to throw that out there one more time. Yeah, totally. And once again, we did an eye gauntlet with this Tundra engine. Uh, it was like turning over at about 2,500 RPM, which is very low RPM, towing 8,100 pounds up the steepest mountain we have. Right. Um, so it's very low torque, and it's a little bit no... It's not super high strung. Like it likes to take its time sometimes. Yeah, it's it doesn't a downshift. Really, yeah, it was just cruising going up the Ike Gauntlet at two thousand RPM like a diesel, but this is a gas engine that's turbocharged and we were really impressed with how it performed and it's something that Toyota's obviously been working on. It performs very differently 
than the, I would say, equivalent Ford engine, that's for sure. Yeah, and of course, we mentioned uh, the Ford playbook. Mm -hmm. uh, Ford came out with a three and a half liter twin turbo gas v, uh, V6 engine. Many years ago. Many years ago, mm -hmm. almost, uh, I think, what pushing on 10 years. Yeah, nearly a decade. Uh, um, and then, of course, they changed it several times. Yeah, yeah. But of course, this is Toyota, right? So it's not an identical design. You know, the different cooling passages, different intercoolers, oh, yeah. different design. Uh, the transmission is, you know, Toyota's transmission. Right. So this is their take on this powertrain. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, and we will be testing more of it in the future. In fact, we're going to be doing a lot more with uh, Tundra in the very near future. But let's talk about the best-selling truck that Toyota builds, and that's the Tacoma. And there are two different powertrains, Andre, that are available. And ironically, their EPA numbers are actually very similar to um, each other. So it has still available the 2.7-liter four-cylinder engine, which you can get with four-wheel drive. Um, it is, but, but only in certain configurations. Um, and then you can get the 3.5-liter V6, which is their old go-to engine. Now, both engines are available with, I believe, six-speed manuals and six-speed autos. Yeah. Um, and you can get, depending on the configuration, either 21 or 18 miles per gallon combined, which is interesting. That's both engines. They both essentially get the same MPG. That's according to Toyota, and that's according to the EPA. Yeah, totally. And it kind of makes sense if you think about it. By the way, uh, we had a 2002 Tacoma. This is two generations ago. Mm -hmm. um, recently, we did a project with it for charity. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, and the 2.7 liter kind of dates back to those years. Yeah. And sometimes even before that. They've, they've, they've updated it, though, They've over updated the years. it, but, yeah. but kind of, I think, the, the block and the core of it, you know, once again, several decades. Uh, three and a half liter is kind of a newer displacement for them. Yeah. Came out in 2017-ish. Yeah, you uh, and I 2016, went to that event. 2016. And to be honest with you, it is. Um, I'm going to throw that out there right now. I think that that is a overhyped powertrain, the V6 especially. Yeah, and and the 2.7 is kind of okay. There's I wouldn't call no it great. Power. There's no power in that, and engine. it's not super efficient either, like you said. Exactly, it gets about yeah. the same mileage yeah. as the V6. Yeah. So the whole reason you would buy it is to to buy a cheaper. Uh, to Tacoma. To Tacoma. That yeah. totally makes sense. But at the end of the day, um, and I know it's, you know, some of you guys say, well, it's bulletproof. I think the four liter was bulletproof. I think that the previous, you know, smaller displacement V6 was way more bulletproof. I don't really see much in this engine that really makes me freak out. I always feel like it's struggling when it's going uphill on the Ike Gauntlet. It always seems like it's not the most efficient powertrain out there. That's my own point of view, but I think Andre might agree with me. Both powertrains in the Tacoma are a little overhyped. I would agree. And the three and a half liter, I mean, it might be a good design by itself, but the way it matches to some of their transmissions mm -hmm. is not the best. And, and I think at the end of the day, we're judging the entire powertrain, right? Yeah. So I would agree with you. It's overhyped. Uh, I think Toyota could improve it uh, further. And the next generation Tacoma is probably a year away. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more away. Yeah. Uh, and we hear rumors that they might switch to turbocharging. So if that's well, the case, maybe four-cylinder turbo or six. Yep. Right? We're, we're, we are hearing a lot of rumors, including hybrids and all this other stuff. We have no idea right now. 
Um, but we do have some people who are sort of on the inside who have been feeding us some information, and we're getting the impression that there will be a new powertrain. And it makes sense because right now, amongst the midsize trucks that comp uh, Toyota competes with, they're on the lower end in terms of efficiency. Um, so, you know, take that any way you want to take it. But not just efficiency, but also power. And we'll get to that when we get to Ford because Ford definitely has some vehicles that outperform it. Yeah, so let's switch to Ram, right? That's yes. Nice. Uh, okay, well, Ram has uh, a few interesting powertrains. First of all, let's start with the three-liter turbo diesel. Now, we already talked about this, pretty much this very similar engine inside the Gladiator, but it does slightly better inside the Ram, and part of the reason might have to do with the fact that it's not shaped like a brick. Uh, and also, like, four-wheel drive versus two-wheel drive. Right, and these are this uh, is two-wheel two drive yeah. MPG, so it is rated at 26 miles per gallon, which is actually really impressive considering that's inside of a half-ton truck. Yeah, and I, I would say, so here's, we've tested this engine many times. We have. Uh, also in two-wheel drive form. Mm -hmm. They actually have a truck they call the Ram 1500 um, HFE high-efficiency high fuel efficiency uh, right. model. Uh, and this is, you know, a shorter cab, slightly smaller truck. Uh, this is a Ram 1500. Yep, we've driven it. Um, and two-wheel drive with yep. a tunnel cover. And it's, it, it's got the grill things closing. Yeah, grill shutters all and that all that stuff. stuff. So that's how they get those really great numbers. And also on the highway, it's like 33 yeah, MPG it, on the highway or 32 MPG on the it highway. It performs extremely well. And uh, But at the end of the day, it is just a truck specifically built for that good MPG. And that means that you're not getting your four-wheel drive. You're not getting the super you know, heavy-duty tow package and all that other stuff. Now let's move on to the other powertrain. Um, this is the 3.6 liter V6. Once again, another engine that's also inside the, start, uh, yeah. yep, the, the Gladiator. This one is rated two-wheel drive, uh, at 22 miles per gallon uh, combined. Um, another engine that we, we think is, is past its so, prime in the Ram big time. Yeah, I think, remember when I said it's, uh, this engine is matched well to the Gladiator? Yeah. I think it's a little bit mismatched here. Uh, especially uh, with towing. Uh, because, especially when towing or yeah. hauling heavy loads, I think the Ram is a little bit too big and maybe too heavy. Yep. Uh, especially when the Pentastar... You know, like we talked about, it doesn't like to rev super, super high. It's just sound-wise, right? Yeah, it just doesn't. And But also, the truck just feels like it's struggling. We can get up the hill pretty well towing. It works. But it always feels like we're overtaxing the engine. And having that in the back of your head thinking, mm, I'm pushing this thing too hard. And sometimes, like, the coolant temps or the oil temps start climbing. Indeed, they do. Um, so it's not a great engine for towing. It may be a good runabout. So if you're buying a truck... Uh, maybe just, you know, as a parts runner or something, you know, local. Light loads. Uh, light loads, this would be a good choice. Yeah, uh, and I wouldn't put it into 4x4s either. You can get this inside the Rebel, and I wouldn't recommend it personally. But the next engine, I would. Yeah, it's a 5.7 liter Hemi. Yeah. The V8. Yeah, the V8, that's... Um, in its best trim is rated at 20 miles per gallon. Best trim meaning two-wheel drive, and I think it's the e-torque. Um, the com uh, that's the combined number, once again. Yeah, yeah. once again, that's combined. 5.7 liter V8, once again, not the newest engine out there. Sounds great, responsive, very, very responsive. We've already proven in drag racing against more modern powertrains that the 5.7 still holds its own. It's actually really good. And also towing, it's great. Um, Day-to-day -day driving, it's great. Off-road, it's great. It's just a good all-around engine. It is somewhat underappreciated, I think, because it's old. So whereas in the Pentastar, is just too old and just not well-matched with the truck, I think that the 5.7 liter is well-matched to the truck, but it's also getting kind of old. Yeah, but look at the combined number. 20 MPG for the Hemi 5.7. Mm -hmm. 20 MPG combined for the new twin-turbo Tundra. So... 
It is old, but it still stays right there with some of the competitors. Not only that, but it did very well in our Ike Gauntlet when we put it up against that brand new Toyota. So I highly re- recommend watching that because it, it's an interesting balance between old tech and new tech. Uh, but let's move on. There is one more powertrain that is available in a half-ton Ram. And that's the 6.2-liter supercharged V8 Hemi, which is a beast. And it also gets 12 miles per gallon, and I think that's optimistic. <laughs> yeah, I've seen, we have a long-term TRX. Yes, we do. Uh, and we've seen 13s, but... Uh, I think it's a highway. So, so this engine, of course, produces you know 702 horsepower, 650 pound-feet of torque, 8-speed automatic, um, you know, really beefed up transmission, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, and what can I say? I mean, the picture of the Ram TRX is behind me. It's one of the the most smiles per gallon I think you can get in almost any vehicle. Yep. Um, and it just accelerates effortlessly. It's it, We've taken it drag racing countless times. Yeah, it's it one of the kings. most cars and trucks. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> stupid fast. Still one of the fastest trucks we've had. Um, and then on top of that... It is, it's just a really compliant, kind of lazy engine until you tell it to do something horrible. And I deliberately, when I drive it around, I deliberately drop a couple of gears so I can just hear that engine and supercharger build up, which probably explains why I've been getting like eight or nine miles per gallon when I drive it. Yeah. But it's so rewarding. And it's one of those, it's a guilty pleasure. There's no reason to own this truck, especially if you don't off-road all the time. Uh, off-road prowess is excellent. But it's also in a straight line, stupid fast. Going around a corner, not so much. It's it's it is heavy. It's a, it's heavy, a heavy, heavy truck. truck. Dude, ours doesn't have a lot of options. It's about sixty five hundred pounds at the curb. Yeah, it's pushing heavy duty truck territory. Right. Uh, but it's as fast as most sports cars. It's, it, it's really it, amazing. It really is amazing, and it's extremely comfortable too. So we really do like this truck. If you couldn't tell me how we bought one, but on top of that. It is a powertrain that will be going away. Uh, they can't keep building these. They just can't. EPA numbers won't allow it and, you know, electrification and all that stuff in the future. So enjoy it while you can. We love the powertrain. Is it overhyped? Uh, I think if you're a Ford fan, you would say yes. If you're a Ram fan, you would say no. I think if you are unbiased or try to uh, keep your brand biases to yourself, uh-huh. I think it's overhyped and it deserves it. <laughs> I think uh, I mean, a it's really just, good way of putting it, Andre. I, I think it deserves it. Yeah, I mean, uh, it is very expensive. The price on the 2022 TRX just came up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they increased the base price by three grand. Yeah, and I think it's so popular. I mean, if you're in that space, if you have that money, you're gonna pay three extra thousand. No issue, uh, probably for you, and they'll sell every truck they make. They but will. But what's your favorite out of the two? Let's leave the TRX to the side. Yes. Out of the three others, what would you vote for here? Uh, for Ram? Yeah. Oh, the 5.7. I would agree with you. Yeah. yeah so the, the diesel just doesn't. There are other diesels that competes against that are that are better, that are way better. So it's a that's little bit overhyped, maybe. Yes. And uh, I'm sorry to say, I, I think now hybridization of trucks. And Ford has shown it. Yeah, um, I think it's getting even better than the turbo diesel technology from you know from a few years ago. And those who so, say that the e-torque is technically hybridization, I, I just it's no, it's not, very mild. Very, it's very, very mild, mild, and I, I really don't think it affects the uh, gas mileage by that much. Whereas in other cases of hybrid hybridization, God, I can't speak, um, are are much more noticeable, and we'll get to that in a minute. So yeah, the five point seven underappreciated. And really, really good still. 
despite its age. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. Let's go to GM. That's, yes. That's, uh, we're talking about, of course, Chevy and GMC both, mm-hmm. right? And some people will say, well, why are you doing GM now? Because combined, they may outsell Ford. Well, at the individual level, they don't outsell right. Ford. Right, so Chevy so, doesn't outsell so. Ford and, and neither is GMC. And yes, of course, together they, they are equal or better in terms of sales. But we're, we're, we're talking about them apart. Yeah, let's, th- let's leave it at the yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, but, but what we're doing is we're combining them. So let's start with the combination of the Chevy Colorado and the GMC Canyon, which still, for 2022, will come with three different powertrains. Yeah, and this is a four-cylinder gas. Mm-hmm. There's a V6, which is a 3.6 liter. Right. There's a 2.8 liter four-cylinder turbo diesel. Right. Uh, those powertrains are still exist. They're still there. That's right. And actually, they're not too bad, right? No, none of them are, actually. I, I, I really do like them all. Um, however, there are some things to be said about them. So let's start with the 2.4 liter uh, four-cylinder, which is an old powertrain that's been rehashed again and again. It only comes with rear-wheel drive. I believe you can get it with a manual transmission. Still the only um, Chevy truck that you can get with a manual transmission. At least the, in the EPA numbers, it showed a manual as an option, which was the six-speed. Um, but very few trims that you, that you can get with this. Essentially, it's a work truck. Yeah, basically a parts runner for commercial use. Fleet, Correct. Fleet usages. Right, you can't get stuff. the big cab with it or anything like that. So that 2.4 is rated at uh, two, 22 miles per gallon combined. Um, and it's old. It's going away. We are hearing that it won't make it till next year. Uh, it's just basically a rehash of what was available last year. And I believe... From what I hear, that it will be replaced by something rather interesting. But this is, once again, rumor. So let's move on to the 3.6 liter V6. That's the one that's sort of the volume seller. And that one is rated, rear-wheel drive, mind you, at 21 MPG combined. That's not too bad for a 3.6 liter V6. Yeah, and in this case, it's matched to an 8-speed automatic, which has had some issues for General Motors pickup trucks, Mm. Uh, this 8-speed, especially in the Silverado and Sierra trucks. Right. Um, So if you're buying, especially a used one of these, uh, look at the transmission, look at the service history, uh, pay attention to those things. Indeed. Uh, the 3.6 V6 has been around for some years. Yeah. It's powerful. It kind of matches... On power, it's a little bit less powerful than the new Frontier motor, mm-hmm. but it's very, very close. It's also pretty close to where the Pentastar is as far as character, I would say. It likes to rev. Yeah, but it doesn't sound as angry or as, as a Pentastar. Uh, or, or like, please leave me alone as the, <laughs> as the uh, Pentastar. And yes. and um, this is another powertrain that may actually be uh, looking at the chopping block in the very near future. Um, it is... Good enough to move the ZR2, which is the the heaviest version. Well, actually, the Bison is the heaviest version of the Colorado. It moves it with authority. Uh, Granted, that mile uh, MPG is much less than this one combined. Um, But there's another one out there, and that's the 2.8 liter four-cylinder turbo diesel. And that one is rated at 23 miles per gallon combined. And I did triple check that. That is the number, although its highway MPG is really high. Yeah, and you know what EPA also does? Year to year, they have sometimes more stringent mm-hmm. cycles. So in the real world, you may see better numbers. Which we have. You and I have seen really great numbers. 32 MPG. On the highway, on which the highway. was with a four-wheel drive, by the way. And that yes. was a GMC. 
Canyon. Yes. Canyon, fully loaded too. And we were blown away with that. That vehicle actually got a truck of the year from us years ago. Yeah. So this 2.8 is kind of uh, the older design, but it's kind of the oldie and goodie. It is so, an oldie and a goodie. Yeah. And it may be a Ghani too. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a rumor, what we're alluding to is yeah, there's please. a rumor that the 2.7 liter turbo four-cylinder gas engine may come to the mid-size GM trucks. Right, Once replacing again, everything rumor. else. Yeah, replacing completely everything else in mm -hmm. their lineup. So they're consolidating, simplifying. But this is a rumor. So it, we, It's a rumor. We, There's we, nothing concrete. We, we can't confirm an official word from GM on this. But it makes a lot of sense if yes. they do it. It would actually save them money in the long term because this powertrain will move over to the uh, GMC and Chevrolet 1500 trucks. We'll get to that in a second. So amongst the 2.4 liter, the 3.6 liter, and the 2.8 liter, what do you think? You know what? And I want to make this comment for all turbo diesels on our list. Uh -huh. um, I would choose the turbo diesel, for example, in the Gladiator or the Ram or the Chevy a GMC mm -hmm. combo if I was driving lots. So if I have long trips, if I have a long commute every day, let's say over... 30 to 40 miles one way. Mm -hmm. If that's my commute, if I'm doing sales or something else, or if I'm doing, you know, work, uh, commercial work or road trips, right. I would choose the diesel. I, I, I understand where you're going with this. And the thing about the diesel is you are paying a premium in most cases for a diesel. And I see the reason why some people will do it. Now, the best thing about the, uh, uh, the Colorado and the Canyon with the diesel is that they tow a lot more. They are some of the best towing vehicles in their class numbers wise. But when you were talking about the Gladiator and the Ram with that the three liter diesel, I don't quite agree because you're paying the premium, but you're not getting better towing out of them. So well, it's true. kind of it's but kind I'm of just a saying we bag. get a lot of questions like I'm looking between the diesel option and the non-diesel option. Help me choose. I think so the G I, I, yeah. I'm go just ahead. saying longer trips. I would go towards the diesel. I would agree, right? especially in the uh, Colorado and the GMC Canyon. Yeah. The, it's not as painful to do, and on top of that. It's been an excellent powertrain for towing and for long-distance driving MPG. Uh, for shorter trips, I would go gas. And in fact, because I don't do a lot of, uh, you know, personally, I don't do a lot of super long trips, mm -hmm. uh, I would go gas here. I would go V6. Now, I've been told by uh, fans, you know, we, we get a lot of emails and I get a lot of texts and whatnot coming through uh, Twitter and everything else. And a lot of people say that the 2.4 liter that has been around for a while uh, is one of GM's best engines in terms of reliability. I have no um, metrics on that. I have no idea. Uh, I've, I've driven the engine before. It's nothing special. Um, but if you say so, then okay, great. But uh, honestly, I, I really do think that the diesel is the best amongst the powertrains for this setup, especially because I would prefer spending the extra money and going for the ZR2. Not the Bison, that's just way too much money. But the ZR2 version of the Chevy Colorado is still one of the best off-road trucks you can get, period. You put that with the diesel, you're getting better mileage, and you can tow pretty well. I mean, all and, of these And things, range, too. And range. Yeah. I mean, yeah. everything about it just makes sense. And more so than most of the other vehicles on this list in my book. Um, so that's, it. do I think it's underappreciated? Yeah, I think that it used to be overhyped, but I don't think it's overhyped anymore. I think people are kind of forgetting about it. Totally. Well, so let's switch to full-size GM trucks. Right. Right. Uh, of course, lots of engines. Uh, we have other podcasts and other videos on TFL Truck. Uh, which will go deeper into each engine, right? Right. So let's kind of go over them. Uh, right now for 21-22 model year, 
Uh, and I'm not talking about the refresh yet. Yeah, right. And, uh, exactly. Or are we? We're, no, we're not. We're okay. not talking about the refresh. So we're talking about um, what is considered available right now is the two starting uh, the 2.7 liter turbo four cylinder engine. We talked about this before as the engine rumored to go into the other vehicles, but the updated version, which is more powerful and more efficient. The one that I got on the EPA website was rated at 20 miles per gallon combined. That's for the two-wheel drive truck, and that's still decent for a half-ton truck, considering the fact that this powertrain looks like it is going to become very popular in the very near future for other GM products. Totally. Um, there's also the three-liter straight-six, six-cylinder uh, turbo diesel, which uh, we've given awards to in the past. It is a phenomenal. My power goodness, train. yes, yeah. um, it's made it to a 10-speed automatic, yep. which is a perfect match. I, it, I would it, say it, everything about that setup is great. 26 combined is a number for this particular, which matches RAM actually. It matches RAM, but we've noticed uh, a much. How do I put it? It performs better than RAM. That's just it. It, it does. It's it smoother. Does. It's a little bit more linear in its power delivery. Oh, it's faster it's too. Just, it's just it's just great. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, the 5.3 liter gas V8, which we had in our long term vehicle. Exactly, our Trail Boss, and the 6.2 liter gas V8. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing: the 6.2 we often refer to as kind of well for GM as the power king. Uh, the the sound king sounds really good, uh, but it's getting a little bit overhyped. I think a lot overhyped for one major reason. It's something that we tend to forget to talk about, and that is you can and some of these other engines. You have to do this as well. You can only get the good performance if you put in premium fuel. In fact, it's recommended. Yeah, strongly case. recommended. Yeah, it's strongly recommended. I mean, the verbiage is very very specific. Right. But the six two really is a premium engine, and basically. I want to say requires premium fuel. Right. So uh, real quickly, if that 5.3, that is rated at 18 miles per gallon combined. The 6.2 is rated at 17 miles per gallon combined, which you may say, well, that's only one MPG less for a lot more power and performance. And you would be right. But once again, that is based on the fact that that engine only likes premium fuel. Yeah. And I think, so once again, out of these four choices right mm -hmm. now, uh, for GM full-size trucks, uh, they're 1500s. Um, once again, the same trade-off, diesel versus gas. Right. Uh, but I would go still for the trail bus we had. It had a 5.3-liter gas V8 with a 10-speed automatic. That was a great that's, truck. That's important because it yeah. comes with different transmissions. Right. The 10-speed is the yeah. one we recommend, definitely. Yeah, I, I would agree 100%. And it's more it efficient. Was, it was bulletproof. Mm -hmm. We own it for a year. Zero issues. Decent MPG, even for an off-road truck. Yep. We were getting anything from like 18 to 19, I want to say, um, in our, all of our testing. Right. Um, and we took it off-road and beat the hell out of it, which we do with all of our long-term trucks. We the beat the hell out of it. The 2.7, the way it was, right? We, we didn't test the most updated engine because that comes out in April. Right. Uh, but the way it was, it's relatively quick, really nice, but it just feels... I don't know. Maybe the truck is too big for it. I don't know. What would you In say? the old version, I would say that unless you had the base model truck without all the goodies on it, you can weigh it down. And I think that it struggles a little bit, just a little bit. Uh, I drove the um, kind of the work truck, just a step up from the work truck version of it with four wheel drive. And it was fine. And it returned pretty good mileage. And it was responsive, especially up here in the Rockies. Turbos are kings up here. Well, solar supercharged engines. Um, so it's good, 
but we, hear, we know for a fact that it will be heavily improved in the very near future to the point where its torque numbers are going to outperform many V8s, which is really impressive. Yeah. Uh, but as it is, nobody seems to know about it, so I think it's a little underappreciated because it is essentially their entry-level uh, powertrain. They used to have a V6 that was available. The 4.3. Right, yeah. and that's gone now. Uh, so this is sort of their base model. Then they have... Um, the then I, I was going to uh, I almost wrote down the six liter in this and that's gone. Um, but the six point two liter V eight really is top trim only. Right? Yeah, and it's a the premium powertrain. I mean, they did offer it in, for example, the Trail Boss Custom model. So uh, GM is getting a little bit better offering the big V eight and more options and more trim levels and more vehicles, including the Tahoe and you know the Yukon right. and all the Suburbans and all of those. Uh, but still, I think uh, the 6.2 is getting overappreciated. Uh, they kept the same power numbers. Yeah, overhyped, uh, I think. Uh, overhyped, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> overhyped. Um, and I think underappreciated is still the 5.3. A lot of you guys tell us that it overheats. Uh, that's its reputation. We've, told, we've maxed out the trail bus. We never saw high temperatures on it. Right. So I think they've improved it over the years. Um, it's now really, really good. Yeah, the 5.3 has been around for a while, too. Granted, they've, they've done different uh, bits of configuration with it. But the one that I would choose out of this, and Andre will, I, I know he will, is that uh, straight-six diesel. That, that yeah, you wouldn't it's, choose it's, that? It's hard uh, to, yeah. You and, they, and they also made it more affordable. It's ridiculously affordable yeah. compared to the competition who really upcharges for diesels. General Motors has was really smart about this, and... So amongst their two best powertrains in my book that are both underappreciated, the six-cylinder diesel and the 5.3-liter V8, um, the V8 makes a little bit more sense for day-to-day -day driving. But if I'm going to tow or if I'm going to do long-distance driving, I would absolutely get that diesel. Absolutely. Yes, um, I would agree. Let's move on to Ford, and then we have to pick overall winner and loser. Yes, now Ford has, the, there's a lot. Ford has the most powertrains available. And the most pickups available. And the most pickups. Uh, versions. Exactly. Yeah. So let's start off with the Ford Maverick, their newest uh, pickup, which is technically what we'd call a small pickup or a small truck class. So it comes underneath the Ranger. Yes, and that now has uh, basically two powertrains or that is two correct. I want to clarify two engines. Yeah. Uh, they have a couple of transmission options there, too. Right. Um, so the hybrid only comes with front-wheel drive, unfortunately, for now. Mm -hmm. uh, but fortunately, it's very powerful. Uh, on paper, it doesn't seem so. Um, if you look on paper on the hybrid Maverick, it's about 191 horsepower mm -hmm. combined. That's the rating. But you and I have showed it accelerates quite well. It has a really, lot of really well. electric assist. It's mm -hmm. really So there. it acts almost like a turbocharger, even though it's not turbocharged. Yeah. Uh, and, but the best part is it is rated at around 42 miles per gallon. That is combined. That, that, and that's, uh, no, actually, it's not. It's the city. That city? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's I thought, the city. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I uh, so I, the rating on the Maverick is, I is believe, it? 42 city, 33 highway, and 37 combined. Uh, note, they are reversed. So it does much better in the city and not so good on the highway. And that's because it's a small displacement gas engine and the electric assist at higher speeds, you know, doesn't help as much. Right. And your regenerative braking going stop and go traffic usually helps with, uh, you know, getting more power into the battery. Hence, get a lot more power assist when you're starting and start at stopping at lights. And it's a powertrain that comes with the ECVT. 
And um, even though we're not huge fans of having something that doesn't have paddle shifters or gears or you know manual transmission, it's a relatively good setup that we drove around a lot in, and it did well. Yeah, and it's not a typical belt-driven CVT. Either. No, 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 no. This is it's a complete, very complex because yeah. it combines, the, of course, the electric powertrain and the uh -huh. gas powertrain, and there's planetary gears. Yeah, and you have to have a PhD in mechanics just to uh, understand it. But, it's, but There are other uh, hybrids out there that actually have this type of uh, transmission as well. So it, it works really well. It gets very good um, combined MPG. It's actually the best, period. Um, but then it has a technically a bigger brother that has a turbocharged four-cylinder engine. Yeah, this is a two-liter EcoBoost. Uh, uh, 26 combined is the uh, front-wheel drive uh, number, I believe. Yeah, right? that is the front-wheel drive um, number. Of course, it's also available as an all-wheel drive. Mm -hmm. uh, we recently tested on the Ike in many different ways, right. uh, even drag racing. Um, it's, um, it has a traditional transmission, an eight-speed mm -hmm. uh, traditional transmission. So um, its efficiency actually is a little bit better, at least on paper, than the Santa Cruz that it kind of competes against. Yeah, um, it, it is. Uh, the, but to be honest with you, they're very different um, types of powertrains. They behave differently. So uh, I, it's really hard to compare them in that way. One drives a little bit more like a truck. One drives a little bit more like a car in my book. But the good news is that at least with the Ford powertrains, both are quite good. Both are quite efficient. And we've towed with both of them, and they did very well with towing. Yes, the hybrid did really well, as long as you kept it under 2,000 pounds. Totally. So if you don't tow a lot, you could still have a lot of payload, by the way. Yeah. Uh, both of these are at about, you know, between 1,400 pounds and about 1,200 pounds, depending on configuration. Which is more than some full-size trucks. Yeah, exactly. So I would pick with a hybrid. I know it doesn't come with all-wheel drive, but I think as a runabout, as a daily driver, as a little pickup, I think the hybrid and the numbers of the returns are just incredible. So let's move on to the Ford Ranger, technically the bigger brother of the Ford Maverick. And there is only one powertrain that you can get, and that is 2.3-liter uh, turbocharged four-cylinder made it to a 10-speed automatic transmission. That's it. That's the only one you get. And I like kind of simplicity of that. Yeah, I do too, and to a certain I, degree. I think GM, that's the rumor. Mm -hmm. uh, they might be simplifying their lineup as well. Uh, decent engine, uh, 23 combined uh, for a two-wheel drive, but we've never, I've never seen that yeah. in real life. Yeah, Not I, that we've tested a lot of two-wheel drive trucks, but in their four-wheel drive trucks, uh, it's like one mile per gallon less than the EPA suggests. Yeah, yeah. So that's been our our story, but it's also very quick. Yes, it's uh, one of the fastest trucks in its class. It is yeah. the fastest truck in its class. I think so. I think it would give anything a run for its money, including even the rev happy Ridgeline. Yeah, uh, I think the Ranger would give anything basically a run for its well, money. Well, up, up here in high elevation, yeah. it, it runs even the really diesel well. Gladiator. Even though the diesel gladiator is, has a lot of torque, it also weighs a lot. Yes, it so, does. Uh, the Ranger is a great powertrain. Uh, efficiency might be its only kind of slight negative oh, in the real world. You know what we forgot to do is say whether or not the t the hybrid and the um, gas engine or gas turbo in the Ford Maverick, if they were hyped or underappreciated. I would say that... I would say the hybrid is overhyped and deserves it. Right. <laughs> really great. I think that that, that turbo was really good um, and it's kind of underappreciated. It's not as um, celebrated as the hybrid and I think it's a little underappreciated. I'm not a super fan. <coughs> you know, normally I would say Ford turbocharging, you know, they know how to do it, mm -hmm. but I'm not a super fan of that Maverick uh, two liter. 
I, I, I don't know what it is. It's just, you know, I wanted it to be as quick as the Santa Cruz. It wasn't. It almost was. You know? It's weird. Third gear was the issue. When it dropped in the third gear, we did zero to 60s within it. It was pretty quick. But it, it's not built for speed. And as such, whereas in the twin clutch in the Santa Cruz really, you know, the rips bam, through the bam, gears. Bam, bam. Right. This one, there was definitely an unusual drop-off after third gear. And I, it's not a bad thing. Because Ford's like, well, we're not doing drag racing with this. So, um, but the other side of it is, I think it's a pretty smooth daily driver. I got a chance to go back and forth to my house. I live almost 50 miles away from here. And I thought it was a really good compromise. I really do like both powertrains. But I think that the uh, Andre's right about the hybrid. It's definitely overhyped, but deserves it. And I, But I also think that the... Um, Turbo, the regular, essentially the, the only other engine you can get, I think yeah. is a little underappreciated because the hybrid has so much hype. Yeah, and in the Ranger space, I think the 2.3 liter turbo is maybe uh, underappreciated. I think so. Um, because a lot of traditional pickup uh, consumers and you guys and enthusiasts kind of want that V6. Right, uh, or a manual transmission, or a manual least, which they don't and, offer. And and I think for that reason, it's a little bit underappreciated. Mm -hmm. But if you get down to it, if you drive it on a daily basis, I think you'll be impressed. Uh, so I think it needs to, its popularity really needs to come up. I'm on the same page you are with that. So let's move on to the Ford F-Series trucks. We're basically F-150s. We're not covering heavy-duty trucks. Um, and there are a lot of engines available still. Still, yeah. But th they did get rid of one recently, though, and that would be the diesel. That is no longer available on the F-150. But uh, everything else is still there, and then some. Yeah, totally. And um, once again, two-wheel drive numbers we're communicating That's here. correct. Um, combined numbers. There's a base 3.3 V6. Uh, let's quickly go over this. It's kind of a commercial engine. It is. Um, not super, super powerful. Doesn't tow a lot. Uh, it's not ready to tow a lot. Um, 21 combined. <clears throat> right. Oh, let me throw a note out there for you guys. Some of you might be curious about um, having them uh, ethanol and whatnot. Um, yes, a lot of these do have those uh, as options. Uh, unfortunately, those numbers tend to be lower than the regular gas numbers, which is why I didn't include them. So, uh, sorry, I just wanted yeah. to throw that out there. E85 mm -hmm. compatibility, a lot of these engines are compatible. We didn't mention it with some of the others. Yeah. But once again, ethanol... Um, it burns bright and quick, quickly delivers power, but efficiency is not there. Right? That is correct. So we, we're we're not including that. We're just talking about the high efficiency, the highest efficiency numbers that you can get out of these through the EPA. So uh, that is one of those powertrains that gives you that. Then we move up to uh, what I think Ford is aiming for the volume seller, and that's the 2.7 liter twin turbocharged V6 which is available in several different vehicles, and it returns a maximum of 22 mpg, which is pretty good. Yeah, for a two-wheel drive uh, F-150, it's good. Um, I think there's not, it's maybe underappreciated in some ways, uh, this one. Uh, I, I just don't think it gets any hype, and it really, and yeah. you and I know and, that it rips. And it deserves, especially in the F-150. Yeah. Somehow Ford matched this engine to the F-150 quite yeah, well. Yeah, it, it, um, it moves. Because we also have this engine in our Bronco, mm -hmm. basically very similar setup, 10-speed automatic. Uh, and the Bronco, be it the gearing or the 35s that it has, doesn't quite have the same snap. No, it's terribly slow. Uh, as the as the F-150. Yeah, the F-150 flies off the line when you throw the 2.7 liter in it. And I think part of the fact is that it is not only a smaller displacement engine, but a lighter engine. And it just gives that torque right where you need it. Very, very fun off the line. And the other engine, which is 
totally like an unknown from Ford, is the uh, five liter V8 or the Coyote. And yeah. that is an underappreciated engine for sure. And you and I love it. Yeah, and I mean, maybe Ford is partially to blame because they always talk about their EcoBoost engines. Yeah. And the five liter is still there. Thankfully, they haven't discontinued it yet. Yeah, they did a couple tweaks with it, but nothing major. Yeah, so they introduced, for example, like cylinder deactivation technology to uh -huh. it. Uh, 20 mpg combined is one of the latest uh, ratings Which here. Is Perfectly good. Yeah, it's, it's, it matches right the Hemi. Yeah, it matches the new Tundra. Mm -hmm. Right, there's nothing wrong with 20 combined in this. Yeah, space. nothing at all. And even though this engine's been around for a while, it is still a just an all-around excellent engine. Very fun to drive off the line. Great exhaust note, and one of those engines that Ford's like, ah, don't worry about this engine. Let me show you our turbos. <laughs> it's 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 strange, but that's so, how they are. At so least it's still available. For that reason, I think it's underappreciated. I agree 100%. And also speaking to a lot of our tuner guys who modify trucks, for example, like Pax Power and uh -huh. others, uh, they talk about this engine, the V8, liking supercharging. Yes. I know Ford doesn't do it from the factory, but in the aftermarket, it's a fan favorite for supercharging. Yeah, and rightfully so. Uh, that That's also a powertrain very similar to what's found inside Ford Mustang. So very, very good engine, one that we feel is underappreciated. Now, um, there are several different vehicles that use the 3.5 liter twin turbocharged V6. We mentioned before, it's been around for a long time. And um, in its regular trim with two wheel drive, it can get a combined 20 MPG. Yes, yeah, so this is the Caboose once again, the 3.5. Uh, very powerful engine. It's also in the new F-150 Tremor, mm -hmm. right? And it matches to the Tremor, I thought, pretty well. Yeah, that, really, that was a really great good, setup. Really, really good match because the Tremor is a little bit heavier, a little bit you know, bigger and higher mm -hmm. as far as its suspension is concerned. Um, so I think, is it over-hyped? Uh, a little bit, I mean, because Ford always talks about it, and that's Ford mostly... really pushes it. They, yeah. they, it's part of their narrative. They'll they'll throw it out there no matter what, and uh, they really want you to get that larger displacement powertrain. But in my book, uh, I, I, I the twin turbocharged V6 that's two point seven is more efficient, more affordable, and works fine for the things that I would want to do with it at least. But there is one more powertrain, one that is getting a lot of hype but maybe worth it, and uh, you may know more about this than I do. Yeah, it's actually an engine that I picked for my personal truck. Right. It's a three and a half liter hybrid from Ford, the F-150. They call it the Power Boost. Mm -hmm. um, and it combines, once again, the three and a half twin turbo V6 with an electric motor. Right. Uh, 25 combined was a 2021 rating for the two-wheel drive model, uh, which is huge. It matches some of the turbo diesels in the segment, right? Right. For overall efficiency two-wheel drive efficiency. Mm -hmm. uh, for 2022, something peculiar happened. Yes, yes, I want to hear Th about this. This was just this week. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I was researching this. Yeah. Uh, the 2022 four-wheel drive F-150 hybrid rating went down to 23 MPG from 24. I know we didn't talk about four-wheel drive efficiency, but I think there's something happening here either with the EBA cycle or maybe the data that they received for 2022 from Ford. So... To be continued. Yes. Uh, we, we reached out to Ford about this. <clears throat> Still, um, you saw we drag raced it recently, right? You you were. It is stupid fast. It's, um, oh, it, you just drove it. Uh, I was racing in a TRX against you. Right. In my hybrid. Yeah, I wanted to sit in your seat and share the same butt sweat. And the oh. good news is uh, that powertrain next to the TRX is one of the fastest trucks we've driven. P. 
period. It is so quick that between the twin turbocharged V6 and the electric powertrain, all of that kicking in at the same time, the launches are fast and kind of brutal. It is a really quick truck and it returns excellent fuel mileage. But the one thing that I want to say before we go into our favorites uh, about Ford in general is that we've noticed that at the pump, and we do measure at the pump as often as we can, that the numbers tend to be a little skewed and Ford seems to be the biggest practitioner of showing numbers that are a little, if not a lot, higher uh, inside the truck than they are at the pump. And it's something that hopefully they're working on correcting. Perhaps that's why you saw a different number for the hybrid. But we don't know for sure. Yeah. yeah. So basically, uh, the trip meter, in my case, for example, this morning I drove it to the office. Mm -hmm. It showed um, 27 MPG. Okay. That was the trip meter. I didn't verify it. I, I couldn't verify it this morning. I was in a rush to get to the office. Um, but I kind of doubt I got 27. I mean, it would be great if I got 27. But previously, when we did check it at the pump, uh, as we always do in our testing, uh, the real number at the pump is lower than the trip meter in the Ford uh, pickups. So now uh, let's pick, uh, pick maybe first our favorite and then the engine that is our least favorite. Absolutely. Sorry about that, guys. What do you, what do you say? I say um, still <laughs> one of my favorites is the 2.7 liter twin turbocharged V6. I think it's underappreciated, not overhyped. I think it's one of the best all-around engines they have next to the 5-liter V8, the Coyote. It's another one that's underappreciated. And although it's interesting, inside the fan community, it's a little overhyped because everybody's like, they're going to put that in everything. Eventually, you're going to see that inside a Ranger. I don't think so. Um, but it's a hell of a powertrain. I think that the current 3.5-liter twin turbocharged V6 is overhyped. And sorry, Andre, but as good as your powertrain is, it's also overhyped. Uh, the the hybrid just and because I'm, you're I'm guilty of that. Yeah, and that's and then you're really yeah. entirely to, to fault for that. Yeah. So um, yeah, there's two, uh, and I don't consider the um, 3.3 liter V6 to be anything. It's just just an industrial engine. It's a commercial right, kind right. Of, uh, so I, I, it's it's not underappreciated. It's not overhyped. It's it's sort of a non-player in this realm. But uh, yeah, so definitely the 2.7 and 5 liter are the, my picks for underappreciated and really good versus the 3.5 uh, twin turbo and the 3.5 twin turbo hybrid. Those I think are a little overhyped. My, my favorite, I agree <clears throat> with you, by the way. Oh, okay. My favorite is the hybrid, not just because I bought it, but because of the speed, efficiency, and also the 7.2 kilowatt charging that it can That is for. really cool, and I hope the Toyota does and that when eventually they do come out with their hybrid. Yeah, so that's very unique. So overall... We talked about a lot of engines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of transmissions. We certainly did. So who do, who do you want to go first uh, for the top pick for the year? The top pick for the year? Yeah. Um, hmm. That's a tough one. It is a really tough one. So but I, I, I can start. Okay, you start, how, please. How about I start? Yes, please. So if, if budget was no issue, let's say, you know, either monthly payments or whatever, if you had really really high budget the trx and we've had it almost for a year right yeah. exactly almost a year yeah as of next week it'll december be december 31st yeah is when we uh, roman purchased it yep uh it's just a stupid fun engine you know sometimes you know it sits in our fleet um, you know, we don't want to put too many miles on it. It has 11,000 already. Right. Um, and it's kind of there. It's just 
in the background. We use it though as a studio yeah. truck and as a film truck, and it's brilliant. Yeah, and every time I get into it, like when I was racing against you, I was just giggling. I was like ten years old again. It, it brings out your inner um, kid, and it's yeah. just it has so much personality. Yeah. So yeah. if budget was no issue, I would still pick the the Hellcat. I know they don't call it that, but yeah, the, but the Hellcat V8 is incredible. It, it, it is incredible. I'm not going to pick it though because I can't afford it. Right. So, so, so let's on, talk on, a small, about it. on a reasonable budget. Okay, let's 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 be reasonable about this. Yeah. But most of our viewers wouldn't say, "Well, let's." Be oh, reasonable. by the way, we forgot the Raptor. Oops. Oops. So the Raptor has a high. <laughs> uh, yeah. And and you know, there's a reason why we forgot it. Because yeah. it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. Yes. So it has uh, the F-150 Raptor, of course, is out. Mm-hmm. It has the, we've driven it. The high output version. It has the high output uh, twin turbo V6, not a hybrid, uh, 450 horsepower, but they didn't update the power on it. Yeah, and um, I don't have the EPA numbers it, listed it, here, sorry. It, that, that's okay. Um, it's uh, The TRX still takes the cake, mm. even with that engine uh, in the in running. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> reasonably speaking, I know we mentioned a lot, you know, the three-liter straight-six diesel from GM, uh, even the 5.3 V8 from GM. But I think overall, and I have about 9,000 miles on my F-150 hybrid, I would have to pick as my best engine of the year because just of everything we've said, uh, speed, efficiency. It was a little bit pricey. My truck was at about Mm -hmm. $51,500 for a crew cab, four-wheel drive, FX4 model. Uh, although it, it is an XL, it's kind of simple. Still, that's my pick. I almost went with you on the Ford uh, boat with the two-liter hybrid that's in the uh, Maverick. I love that engine. Because yeah, this is the little Maverick hybrid. It's the little baby truck that can. Uh, everything I asked it to do, it did really, really well. We had it for a while, and I absolutely adored it. However, mm. if I were to look in my playbook and say, okay, let's aim for under fifty grand. Um, then that would make things very different, and it would be the three-liter turbo diesel available in the General Motors vehicle inside the body of the Trail Boss. Mm. That and that's coming. Yes, they're going to be offering that combination, which I am absolutely chomping at the bit about. Put that together with the ten-speed, which I believe that the diesel only comes with the ten-speed. Yes, uh, inside the Trail Boss, and you have an outstanding combination of torque. Um, range capability. I absolutely adore that. It's my favorite diesel. Um, so it's 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 almost a tie between the Ford Mavericks hybrid and the Chevy's diesel. The craziest part is is that I'm usually a V8 guy. I love the sound and the feel of a V8. And so and that would be you know anything from the Nissans to the to the big Hemi and or the you know. So anyway, yeah, I think that overall though I would choose the straight six inside the Chevy uh, Silverado, the diesel. So we both chose turbochargers, except different, different uh, versions and uh, completely that, different that, that, engines. Andre, we, yeah. the only thing that they have in common is that they both have ten-speed uh, automatic <laughs> transmissions that were co-developed at one point in time. That at one point in time were co-developed, and they're both very efficient yeah. powertrains. It's an irony because you and I—I I mean, look—if we could afford it, of course we get the TRX or the Raptor. Mm-hmm. But realistically, no. So that's our choices. We want to hear what your choices are, please. If you're watching this, or if you come over to TFL's uh, website, let us know what you think in the comments below. Absolutely, we read the comments. Uh, if you support us on Patreon.com/TFLCar, uh, that's another great, like we said earlier, a great way to talk to us on, you know. On the messaging service right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of us are monitoring that um, 
quite frequently. Indeed so, we are. And if you have a question directly for Nathan or for me, just say that. Yeah. Hey, Nathan, or hey, Andre, uh, I have this question or whatever it may be. Right. And then if it has to do with my attire, I already apologized. Oh. Please so, don't question our looks. <laughs> we try not to. So, guys, okay. uh, have a happy holidays, safe holidays. Be careful out there because someone's overdosed on eggnog. I guarantee it. Yes. So be careful. Um, thank you again for your support. We truly appreciate it. And we'll see you next week because we, we're going to maintain the schedule. You know, once a week, you're going to have a podcast from us. Heck, yes, we are. So, once again, take care. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.